Hello everyone and welcome to the Watermark Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Now let's dive in. Love it. Everybody just stand up this morning as we dive into this new series that we begin today. I'm going to bring this forward so I can be closer to you all. Um, when you think of a chess, anybody else in here play chess? Raise your hand. Anybody good at chess? Um, I... I it's a big question. It's like, are you good at golf? Well, it depends on the day. If I hit the ball, I'm doing pretty good. Um, when you think of chessboard, it, it, this series is not just about setting up the pieces, but also about moving the pieces to be ready a few steps ahead. If you've ever played chess, you realize it's not just about this turn. It's about the next few turns that you're thinking ahead. Um, many years ago, I feel like God gave me um, a vision of a chess piece talking about a move of God that's going to happen in our nation. And God is moved, listen, God is on the move even when we don't see it or noticing it. That God is positioning you in areas of your life and ministry and work and family and setting you up for him to do a move and a work in your own life. As I look at this, I think sometimes we feel and we live defeated. And I want you to realize that no matter how you feel, Scripture is truth when it says that the Lord is going to at the very end say, checkmate, and he wins. That the victory is his. And because you're on the Lord's team, the victory is yours. I think too many people live defeated and not victoriously. And I think too many people live as the victim and not as the victor. You hear me out here? And so part of this series is, one, not just noticing how God is moving, even when we don't notice it, but we are, you know what I'm saying, empowered to move also through God's handiwork. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, But thanks be to God who gives us, he gives it to us, gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the verse for this series. So let's pray this morning. Lord, I thank you for, Lord, what you're doing in this people. Lord, not just here, but online. And I pray you do a mighty work. Help us to move in new ways. But Lord, help us to notice when you are on the move. I thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Can you grab a seat? But before you do that, turn to someone who says, it's time to move, and then grab a seat. When I say that, you don't need to move your seats. Um, it's interesting, all through Scripture talks about how God's people moved. And um, um, it, it, even when you think about uh, Moses, how he says, I don't want to go from this place unless your presence goes before us. It's one thing to follow the Lord's presence and move, but sometimes we are either in that waiting season, um, waiting with a T, or waiting with a D, which we're kind of waiting and getting wet. Um, the Israelites faced both of these in that season. When they left slavery, they were marching through, and they waited for God to part the seas. They, they didn't move until God moved. They didn't do anything until God did the work. And then you get to the next generation, and some of you need to hear this, 
We did they they that the waters had a part again, but the waters didn't move until they stepped in it. So one was in the waiting, and one began to do the waiting. So one was waiting for God to move. The other God says, I'm not going to move until you move. I believe that we're all positioned in our lives at, in those seasons, uh, either in that getting wet season or waiting to stay dry and go through. No matter how we look at it, we're in these seasons. So you're, God is at move in both those seasons. God is at move even when we don't see it. And so today, the first half of my sermon is just practice, practical. Uh, and then the last half, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. But if you put that picture of that graph up, uh, some of you in leadership understand this p- principle of the 80-20. If you have ever seen the 80-20 principle, raise your hand. 80, some of you have seen it. So this is not new to most of you, but I, I don't need to go into great detail. It's just um, 80-20. So if we're here, so if we look at our church, let's just say there's 100 people, 80% of the people do 20% of the work. Or 20% do 80%. Now, you might be thinking, is that true? Look at your own um, job, your own place that you work, uh, maybe your own, you know what I'm saying? We've seen this through the years, you know what I'm saying? I, the churches I've been to, 80% brings in 20%, 20% brings in 80%. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Um, I will say this, 20% of the people, you know what I'm saying, Produce the most. I believe that even in church structures, even in business, when you talk about even us, sometimes it's the same people doing the same things all the time. You probably feel this in your own work. You, you can see somebody else taking a coffee break that lasts a lot longer or doing something. But I think as Christians, I want us to understand what maturity is. No matter how we look at it, maturity is when a person produces more than they consume. We are, we are people as Christians, but believers and part of Watermark, that I don't want us to just be consuming. I want us to be in the, in the process of discipling and being part of the process. And so I, I want to talk about a couple of things. One is this. If you put the verse up, Ephesians 4... 11 through 13. This is, they're talking about the church giftings and structure of the church. And it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service. That's not awesome. Now, as we go into this new year, as we've been meeting with staff for the last six months, year, We've done things like Alpha, and we're going to do a thing in this fall called membership, and we have discipleship and everything. Listen, we believe that everybody in the church has a next step, and everybody has a process. We believe that everybody needs a greater capacity of growth and serving, and God has empowered you for the works of the ministry. Part of the problem is we just don't know what we're gifted or called to do. Here's what I would say. My wife and I are at the same point. If you didn't hear me say this a few weeks ago, you hear me say it now. The greatest thing you can do is serve in church right now. If you don't know what to do, just serve. At some capacity, serve people. Be involved because when you rub shoulders, I've realized this during COVID, the people who don't complain are the people that serve. They just show up and do their stuff and just give it. And I love this because 
equip people for the works of service. So the body of Christ may be built up, up, reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What a powerful paragraph saying God has called some to be apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors. You know what I'm saying? And he says that we all work together to fulfill the body of Christ, to do the works of service, to because listen, if the body is working right, we will be in unity. Say amen. If the body is at work, sometimes we are deformed because we are lopsided. So I'm just going to talk about this quick because I want to. So he gives us the fivefold ministry apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And I just want to listen. I could do a whole series on all this, and I'm not. We're just going to do this really fast, and I just want you to catch us. But I'm going to start with not apostles, but prophets. Prophets help guide us. There is people in this room, there's people listening online who God speaks prophetically through them. That um, they hear from God, they don't exactly lead the people, but they hear, they confirm, they edify, they encourage the body. And I have appreciated over the years the people who have said, this is what the Lord has shared with me. I've appreciated over the years just hearing the confirmation. And so, and so they confirm what God is saying to the body. And so, and then you have people who, who are evangelists. These are the people, they're like gatherers. Now, I can, I don't know everybody, but I know some of the prophets within our church or in the body, and then some of the evangelists. These, these evangelists, it's like they are always fishing for souls. They are the natural gatherers. They, they're the ones who are saying, we got to go outside. We got to reach more people. We got to do more. And so they are, uh, they, 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 have, they have this mentality where they always want to invite to what they're doing. They always want to gather in. Um, you know, I think a great gatherer is Jim Boo. Jim Boo, he, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to do an event, bring the whole tribe. Let's go. How many can fit in a boat? 120? Let's do it. And so there is this gathering of, you're going to go to church? Come with me. You know what I'm saying? That wherever you go, you're going to bring gathering people with you. And then you have your pastors, which are shepherds, who are keeping track of the sheep. They're the ones who are making sure the sheep are protected and guided. Um, sometimes, listen, this is not my strong suit all the time, you know what I'm saying? Some, you know what I'm saying? But these are the people who are, you know what I'm saying, overlooking the flock. You know what I'm saying? Then you have your teachers. Your teachers, they're not always the strongest evangelists, and they're the ones who sometimes go actually at it with the evangelists, saying, listen, that's awesome that you're, that you're reaching people, but who's going to teach them all? Who's going to disciple these people? And the evangelist's like, you are. You know what I'm saying? So like, because it's not just about catching fish, it's about cleaning fish. Amen? And so it's not that you're fighting against each other. You just have different passions. And so, listen, and then you have your apostles, which is like Moses, who, hear me out, hears from the Lord and, and then works with the people and leads the people. Now, I believe when you have a five-fold ministry, you have your, if you, everybody just hold up your hand. Just hold up your hand like this, put it in front of you. You have your, your pointer finger would be considered like, you know what I'm saying, the prophets. So, you know what I'm saying, you can put that down. And then you got, you got your evangelists, you got your pastors, then you got your teachers, and then you got your apostles. And some people agree with this, some people don't. I take a liberty in saying I agree with this. But the apostles can touch 
all the fingers, but they're not a master of all the fingers. Does that make sense? I believe the apostles of the church can work in the giftings. doesn't mean they're amazing at the giftings. Does that make sense? Now, some people might differ from me. That's okay. What I want you to gather, though, is, is here, is that I hear people all the time saying, we need to go deeper in ministry. <laughs> we need to go deeper. <laughs> but... This looks different to each person in their ministry. If you're, if you're a teacher and a discipler, you're like, we need to go deeper in discipleship. There's not enough. There's so many people to disciple. I agree. If you're an evangelist, you're like, we need to go to the streets. We need to be inviting more. We need to go deeper in our faith. If you're a prophet, your prophet voice, you're like, we need more times of prophetic voices. We need more times to do this. We need more times to go deeper with this. And you know what I'm saying? We, we need more teaching. You're, the teaching people are saying, we need more ancient scripture in Greek. <laughs> the, the people, some people are saying, we need more emotions and being real. Some people are saying, we need to be more in these different things. Listen, these are all good, but they're all different, and they're all needed. Some have the gifts of invite. Some have the gifts of encouragement. Some have the gifts to pray deeper. So hear me out. This is what's true. We are all called by the Great Commission, which is to go and reach the lost and disciple and bring the Lord to the Lord. Now listen, but some of this becomes more natural to other people. The only reason I bring the five-fold ministry is because that might be more natural to you. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't work on the other things. But when it's strong in you and natural in you, you know what I'm saying? Something happens out of it. So why is this important with the 80-20? Because just do the math. You get 20% times a five-fold ministry equals 100%. If you could put that, if you could put that graph back on, I will say this. 20% of the people in our church, I can say, probably invite 80% of our church people. 20% of the teachers probably disciple 80% of the people. Uh, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. <laughs> I would love it if we can push those dials in every situation. But what I would like it more is that you just learn how God has created you to be. This year, as we move in the process, we are going to have classes set up for you to know who God's called you to be. We, we want people to work in their giftings, and, and so, but we all have a part to play. We need each other. We need the whole body to do the work of the ministry, not just up to the pastor and the pastors and the pastor's wife, but all of us. We work to better when we are together doing the work of the ministry. We are all ministers of the gospel. Sometimes you might go to a church that has a very good teaching pastor, maybe a good evangelist pastor, soul winning. I look at people like um, in around the world who are great evangelist teaching pastors or good teaching pastors or great shepherds. And unless they have a team that has other, they're going to be bent that way. You have good teaching pastors, and that church might be all about discipleship, but not a lot of new people come to church. 
you might have a church that is very evangelistic, and a lot of people who don't know Jesus come to church, but not a lot of people are discipled. I just feel all around that we need to become a church that works in your giftings. Amen? The work of the ministry. This is why Bible studies are so important. Not because you can hear what the book is teaching or what Jane and the pastor's wives are teaching. So you can rub shoulders with the person next to you and learn and do life with that person. And men's Bible studies have conversations. And so I just believe that we need it. And so we need the, the, the ministry, but we also need, here's what the biggest thing, we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to work in the ministry. The word holy comes from the word holistic, which means all together. It doesn't mean separate. It means that all things work together, which talks about the fruit of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit's at work, not just on a Sunday morning when you get the, the chills and the willies, but through the day when you need the fruits of the Spirit, when you need love, joy, patience, and peace through the day. And so the, the work of the Holy Spirit is, is that. And so we need the Holy Spirit for the fruits of the Spirit and having the Holy Spirit to change our to give us spiritual courage to, to change the way we look at people. That we need the Holy Spirit to help us to change how we worship and pray. We need the Holy Spirit to help us how to read the scripture. So we need to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. Which gets us to this point. Not only do we need the fruits of the spirit, but we just need the gifts of the spirit. And if you have your Bibles, open up 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. I'm reading from the Amplified because I love the way it says this. It says, now there are a variety of gifts, and it's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. It's talking about, you see what it's saying there? It talks about not just the Spirit empowerment of the gifts, but the service, I think a church will do a disservice when they have all service and serving, but no Holy Spirit, and no Holy Spirit, but they're not empowering to do. And so we, I th- say, listen, if we want the Holy Spirit to be moving our lives, we need the Holy Spirit to move in our lives, and then we need to get our butt moving. We need to be on the move. And so, and there are varieties of activities, but in the same God who empowers them all to everyone. I love that, everyone. To each is given a manifestation of spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit of the utterance of wisdom. The gift of wisdom. Isn't that awesome? That when you are in a situation and you're dealing with somebody, the Holy Spirit will just speak to you. Holy Spirit would say, you know what I'm saying, this. Look at, Saul, look at, look at King Saul who prayed for wisdom. Think about the people who say, God, give me wisdom, how to deal with situation. As a parent, I'm telling you what, God, give me Holy Spirit wisdom to deal with my kids. Um, and we're not even in teenage, really, we just started the teenage years. We're not even there all the way yet. Give me Holy Spirit wisdom, how to deal with situations. And to another, the utterance of knowledge, special knowledge. Isn't that cool? Special knowledge. Did you know in Scripture it talks about that the God wants to whisper things into your ear that God wants to speak into you. God wants to whisper things. That there is a knowledge that God wants to tell you things. According to the same spirit, to another the faith, by faith in the same spirit. Don't you just realize that sometimes 
you can decide today, I want to stay faithful. But there's just sometimes you're like, I don't feel like faith. Holy Spirit, fill me up. And I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit fills you up, your faith is enlarged. Your capacity increases. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. There is people in our church who I believe have a gift of healing. I won't ever forget, there was a Sunday morning in my old church that a guy came forward in a wheelchair, had MS, and wasn't able to hold his kids for years, and he came to the altar, and uh, I looked over at him, and then, you know, was praying, can barely move, and then five minutes later, he was running all around the sanctuary and picking up his kids. I believe that God works. I believe healings work, but I also believe that there's people who have a gift of healing. When they pray for you, things happen. The other work, working of miracles. And so I just believe there is, when we start looking at Bible as a story and not reality, is when we start missing step. I believe when I read scripture, I just take it face value. And saying this is, someone talks about miracles. Do another prophecy. And uh, I believe that God wants to speak to his people. For me, I see pictures. Sometimes I see a, a picture of vision in my head, um, confirmation to another. He might just use something else. And so the, uh, discernment, uh, distinguish between spirits in that discernment. There's people who have the gifting to discern. They can walk in a room and say, we need to pray for this. We need to do this. We need, God is saying that we need to discern this is what's right and this is what's wrong. Another of various kinds of tongues, speaking in tongues and Listen, there's a lot of fellowships that don't believe in the power of miracles, the power of prophecy, the power of tongues. And I'm just saying, God wants to work through all those. And some, we say the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we say the Holy Spirit fills us up. And so speaking in tongues, there is an individual speaking in tongues and there's a public speaking in tongues. And then we talk about another interpretation of tongues. And that's what I'm talking about. Someone does public tongues and someone interprets it. All of these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So here's what I'm saying. We need to be filled. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit to work in us. I don't have enough wisdom alone to help anybody. I don't have enough faith alone to get through seasons. I don't have enough. I mean, Holy Spirit comes to inspire, to equip, to empower us. Can I get the worship team up here? God is wanting to use the Holy Spirit to work in and through you in an empowered way. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to, I love that, serve one another. Not to glorify yourself, not to lift yourself up, but to serve one another. Now listen, I love cars. Um, uh, and uh, Lamborghinis, Corvettes, whatever it may be. Anybody else like cars? Like, like cars. Listen, you can have this. Anybody else run out of gas? I know I asked this before, but who's, anybody run out of the gas this week? Anybody like to just let that dial go as far down as possible and just push it? Um, I'm getting better. I used to be that way. See how far you can get it on 30 miles. And uh, it was a challenge. And so, it's interesting, though, because I believe this is the, the dilemma. I believe that we can be called. I believe God is saying that you are a minister of the gospel, that you are 
called to reach your community, your neighborhood, your family. Um, and you can't, God is giving you the, the tools, God's giving you things, but it's like having a Lamborghini or a Corvette and it's brand new, it's mint, there is, you know what I'm saying, everything is good about it, it's barely been on the road, nice tires, nice spoiler, super fast, but listen, it doesn't move if there's no gas in it. I mean, we can, this is empty, empty tank. I won't ever forget last year, my mother-in-law bought a pontoon boat and I went to Park Rapids to get it and I was pulling it in my dad's truck and I was running on empty because his gas gauge didn't work and I literally turned into the gas station and it puttered out. (laughs) Blocked the whole entrance so nobody else could get in there. That was super fun, I'm gonna tell you. So I had to go inside and get one of these and walk over like a big old doofus and pour it in. Was waving, just like, yeah, it's a parade. Go, keep on going, loony. So, but I realized, listen, I don't care what size of truck I had. If I was empty, I was empty. I believe a lot of people are just trying to get through life and as Christians by your own power. You have what it takes inside of you, but you're just not filled with the Holy Spirit. You're running low. You're leaking. Can I just tell you this? God has given you words. He's also given you a prophetic voice to speak life into other people. That dream that you had a few weeks ago, but you don't understand what it is, you need somebody else who knows what they're talking about with the gifts of wisdom or understanding or to help you along. How's this work? You know what's cool about this? I was just saying, Holy Spirit, fill me up today. I'm a mess. I can't do this on my own. Do you know that every single Sunday morning I worship? I have it in my notes and my devotions every morning. Ask the Lord to fill you up. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up. Because guess what? You just wake up and you're like, coffee, kids. Kind of just wake up. And I just, I just got to stand up for a second and say, Holy Spirit, fill me up today. Fill me up. I can't do this alone. I need bigger capacity for the things of you. This is in the book of Acts. It says, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to move. Acts says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. I love that. Old people, I pray that the dreams are coming. Pray for young people that you see new visions and dreams. God promises to pour out, and the Holy Spirit says, I will fill you up. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound of the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house, and they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tons of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in in tongues, and the Spirit enabled them. Listen, the church moved after this. The church was built upon waiting for the Holy Spirit. They knew about 
Savior. They knew about Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, I'm going to send somebody to help you, to empower you, to move into the ministry. And all of a sudden it says, on that upper room, the Holy Spirit came down and filled them, and they were sent out. I'm telling you, we need to be sent out. The Holy Spirit is the difference between the best that I can do and the best that God can do. Everybody stand up this morning. Pretty simple this morning. Here's my simple simplicity of it is this. So we need to be filled this morning. God didn't send the Holy Spirit just to give us thrills and chills. He sent the Spirit to empower us to win lost people to Jesus. Not to just change others, but to live change. The answer to your prayer is, we need more of the Lord. I'm waiting for the day, and I've heard it already a few people over a few years saying, hey, I was at the store, and I feel like the Lord speak to me about praying for this person, having a conversation. I was at work, and God told me to send a text or a card. Or I, Listen, I believe that God is wanting to speak to you and speak through you to help change people in your lives. I, I think the enemy wants you to feel like the victim and not victorious so you feel deflated and not empowered. I feel like God is saying, listen, God is on the move and God is empowering you to do the work of the ministry. Amen? Don't need to be timid. God's called you. Not just the five full, but gifts. He wants to pour into you. So here's how we're going to do it. Number one, we're going to do one prayer is this. First prayer is if you just don't know Jesus. Every Sunday we just do this. We say if you don't know Jesus Christ. It begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We just believe at our church wholeheartedly that, you know what I'm saying, you can know about the Lord, but we want you to know the Lord. He wants to have relationship. He went to the cross to have relationship with you. So if you hear everybody's eyes closed, heads bowed, if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, and today you want to make a decision, I just want you to raise your hand this, this morning. Don't be afraid. See it. It's awesome. Awesome. Just wait a few more seconds. Dear Jesus, I give you my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me my sins. Help me to follow you. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you said that prayer, it's a starting point, not a finishing point. We believe we have Bibles for you. We have books for you. If you said that prayer, we want to pray with you. Here's my next, though. I believe this. Who, who in here, just be honest. Everybody's looking around. Who in here would say, I just need the Holy Spirit to do more of a work in me and through me in this year? Raise your hand. Like you just need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work of the ministry. I want to do it. Just close your eyes and just, if you can, put your hands up like this. And not, listen, in your seat, I believe it's during COVID. I'm going to encourage you as we do get into worship, you want to come down the aisle and come down to the front and make 
um, do that. That's also, too, we're limited how we can pray for people. But I also don't believe that the Lord needs me to touch you. I just believe he wants to empower you. And so I'm just going to do a prayer, and then I just need you to say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. However that looks like, however they need to do that. And so if, as they do worship, you want to come down a minute, that's fine. I would, but let's just pray this right now. I'm just going to pray over you. Holy Spirit, I just pray you come in this place. And Ephesians talks about that you are going to give some the, the tons, but also the prophetic voice and a discernment in what it may be. Lord, you've empowered us with the fivefold ministry. And I pray the more we know you, the more we know ourselves and how you've gifted us to be. I pray in Jesus' name, help us to become all that you've called us to be. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you fill us up, that we empty stuff that's not of you, that we let go of things that are not of you. And I just pray we invite you into our lives, that we glorify the name of the Lord, but we invite you to do a work in our lives that you empower us to do the work of ministry, that you empower us to do what only you can do. I pray right now in Jesus' name that it's not on our strength, but it's in your strength. We're going to go into worship. You guys can go ahead, and I just, in your own voice, just as we pray, say, come Holy Spirit, come in my life. And some of you, there's going to be things that come up that are, that you need to let go of. Some of them are addiction. Some of it's um, just things that you're holding on to. And I believe God is going to start speaking through you about things that you need to surrender to make room for what he has for you. Some of you are going to have a verse come to your mind. Um, um, you're going to have a verse and look it up right away. Some of you are going to have a picture. Maybe you're going to have a person come to your mind. And that, I just you need to start praying for that person. Maybe some of you are just going to just rest in the Lord and have him speak to you. But whatever it may be, I just pray that we spend this time in saying, Lord, more of you and less of us. More of you and less of us. And if you want to come to the altar, you can come to the altar during this time. But we just pray that I just pray the Lord empowers you for the work of the ministry today. Starting today, make it fresh. Increase our capacity for more, Lord. Increase our capacity for more. Jesus, we glorify you. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today here at Watermark Church. If you have any questions or want to learn more, you can visit us at www.stillwatermark.com. Thank you.